Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. I want to talk to you about uh, some prayer tips. I don't know about you, but I like to hear new things about prayer. And if it's not new, I like to hear inspiring things about prayer. And I like to hear things that stir me up and give me an appetite and a hunger to pray more. What about you? Okay, so we're going to look at some things here tonight. And um, as we're going through this, just take your Bible, if you will, and turn to 1 Peter 1.13. 1 Peter 1.13, and let's pray as we begin. Father, we come before your presence in the name of Jesus. As we open up your word tonight, let it be living and let it be active. Let it speak to our lives. Let it guide us and direct us. May we go deeper into your presence and deeper into this communion and fellowship with you through prayer. And we thank you for that. And every force that would try to distract and steal God's word tonight is bound and has no place in this room. Did you hear me, devil? No place in this room. In Jesus' name, he's held at bay. And the Holy Spirit is in the room. Amen. Okay, 1 Peter 1, 13, let's look at this. Now remember, we're talking about prayer tips, and here's something that you need to remember. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, and be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. But the part I want to zero in on is wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Now, really, the word gird, it has to do uh, with like a robe, a long flowing robe that you pick up and you tuck it down into the belt. And so when you run a race, you can run it without getting tangled up in, in that robe. And so when you say gird up the loins of your mind, you're getting ready to not be tangled up by what you're thinking, tangled up by what's going on in your mind. And I'm going to tell you, um, you, have to, you have to control your thought life when it comes to prayer, because every time you go to prayer and you start to pray in faith and you start to ask God for things, if you do not take hold of those thoughts that are rolling around in your mind, it'll talk you out of what God has for you. It'll talk you out of the blessings of God. It'll talk you out of health and healing. It'll talk you out of increase and blessing and favor. Well, that's all you want to talk about. Well, that's an important part of it. I don't know about you, but every day you have to live. And to live, to be blessed and favored is a lot better than being cursed. I don't know about you. Maybe you like the cursed life. I don't. I had that long enough. I'm through with that. Amen. Okay, so um, as we look here... Then at this scripture, I just want to walk you down through this. It's very interesting to me. And so, you know, taking that um, 
uh, analogy of tucking the robe into the belt area to stop, um, you know, from being tripped up and tangled up. Listen to this. We need to deal with loose ends that exist in our minds. Things you need, you need to get a hold of what you believe and why you believe it. No loose ends. Connect those dots, if you will. Know when you go into prayer, know what you believe and why you believe it. I lived a life of never getting prayers answered. And so when I teach on prayer, I get passionate about it because I don't want to see God's people robbed anymore. And when you have communion with God Himself and have that fellowship and have the ability to have a conversation with Him, it's not you doing all the talking, it's Him talking back to you too and leading you. And again, you don't have to manufacture. Well, God said, you know, I run into people all the time and every uh, five seconds it seems like God said, God said, God said, God said. Well, I, I don't go for that. I just don't go for that. And somebody starts that with me and I just automatically have to put up you know, just a distance there because you're not getting it. That's, you know, that, and, and many times it's immaturity. Uh, it uh, then goes beyond immaturity. It wants, you know, attention and that kind of thing. Now, I know I get excited when God shares something with me, and I'm not putting that down at all. But if you're a person that goes around every few, you know, minutes, God said, God showed me this, God told me that, don't do that. Don't do that. Even if you think He did, you hold on to it, and He'll show you if He said it or not. And He might show you He didn't. But if He does, you know, hallelujah. All right. So we deal with loose ends that exist in our minds by girding up the loins of our mind, not on your, your mind, but your emotions too. You've got to take hold of those emotions. Your emotions are telling you when you're standing and believing God for something, your emotions are screaming loudly. It's never going to be. It's not going to happen for you. It happened for this one. It happened for that one. But it's not going to happen to you. Gird up the loins of your mind. Okay? All right? And then it goes on to uh, talk about, you know, in this scripture to me as I read that, it's to correct our thinking uh, when we're, you know, wrong in some areas. When you gird up the loins of your mind, um, the, uh, the Word of God will help you think right about certain things. I thought things uh, for a number of years in my early uh, Christian walk with the Lord that had no, no basis, no, was not rooted in the Word of God. And so you've got to um, allow... 
correction to come in your mind when you're thinking wrong. Because I'm going to tell you, when it comes to prayer, if you're thinking wrong, you're going to pray wrong. And God has said all the time, this is the way that you pray. He's given us ways to pray in the Scripture. And if we follow that, then we get answers. And it took me a little while to figure out I wasn't getting answers because I wasn't praying correctly. Well, I just believe God hears you. I believe God set the Bible to be His last will and testament, and what He said in His Word is what He wants us to believe, how He wants us to act, and what He wants us to do. And prayer is a part of that. And talking to God, He's got guidelines, rules, if you will, for prayer. And if we follow it, then we get desired results in our life. Amen? So we need our, um, when we gird up the loins of our mind, we don't allow misinformation to remain in our life. We get corrected by the scripture. You know, people think God corrects his people with cancer, sickness, disease, poverty, but nothing could be further to the, from the truth. That is all man made. That is not what the Bible says. You know, and I don't have a lot of time to get in that tonight, but people are robbed because they need to gird up the loins of their mind and they need to go for what the book says rather than what emotions, what a denomination, what grandma said, you know, your mom and your dad, whatever. You know, you, you got to get that corrected. And then also grab hold of those dangling areas in your life where your thinking is off. Grab hold of it. Get it where it needs to be. Hold it down. Don't allow those things to continue to trip you up in life. Now remember, I'm giving you some prayer tips tonight in your mind how you think and how you allow yourself to think can cause you a lot of problems. And so we don't want that, do we? So that gives us real revelation there um, and um, helps us to get things where they need to be. And so the first prayer tip is to gird up the loins of your mind. And when you enter into that prayer closet, then you begin to have a conversation with the creator of the universe and you can uh, have that conversation based on an education in the scripture that tells you how to pray. Amen? Number two, when I give you prayer tips, pray with all of your heart. That is really important. And when I talk about um, pray with all your heart, James 5, 16, if you look at that, it talks about the effectual. What is the next word? Say it again. Fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That's what the King James says, isn't it? That's a passionate prayer. That's a prayer from the heart. That is not a surface prayer. That is not a wandering prayer where you pray, you know, in your mind and, you know, your life, your emotions, your heart, everything is just wandering all over the place. A passionate, fervent prayer 
is one where your heart is in it. Now, I've given this example many times over the years, but it's a good example, so I'm going to use it again. But one of the things that really um, just reached out and took hold of me when I was in Israel and went to the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall there in Jerusalem. And, you know, if you think about that, over, I don't know, hundreds, I guess, years, people have taken their prayer request. I putting, put my prayer request in that wall several times myself. And if you think about those people that are seeking the Lord and they walk up to that wall, I mean, you walk up and the presence of God is so thick. I mean, it, is, I mean, it, it sends cold chills all over. It really does. And you just walk into the, this force field, so to speak. And when you get there, one of the things I noticed, especially as I was walking to the location where I was going to go to be able to spend some time in prayer and the people that were with me, and this has happened a number of times, but I'm talking about really the first time that I went there. And, and when I uh, walked up to that wall, one of the things that the people were doing, they were like this. And I thought, that is strange. I didn't understand it. But then I understood a little bit later what that was about. I think actually maybe someone explained it to me. And that was that they were praying to God and they were going to pray with their spirit, their soul, and their body. They're keeping their body into it so that their, you know, their body, their minds don't wander and get off track and put their attention toward the Lord. And so when we come to a place of prayer with the Lord, and, and hopefully each day we do that, and maybe even several times a day, and even if you can't spend a lot of time at one time, at least you go to the Lord, you talk to the Lord. And you know, with me, I find I talk to the Lord at all kinds of times. Not just, you know, when I have you know, a, a, a period of time, a good period of time to where I have what I call my prayer time. But I'll talk to the Lord in the car. I'll talk to the Lord as I'm going somewhere, you know, uh, walking maybe to a location. I talk to the Lord if I'm in my house. I talk to the Lord when I'm in my kitchen. Can you believe that? I talk to God when I cook. I need his help. I need I'm not a bad cook, but you know, I don't. Maybe I don't cook as much as I need to. Any women in here like that? No, you don't do that. I know. Okay, so we we need to pray with all of our heart when we pray, and we need to have passion when we pray. We need to pray from our heart and put ourselves into our praying, not just. You know, mindless praying, I call. Go through a rote and a list. Now, do I think anything is wrong with a prayer list? Absolutely not. I like prayer lists. But I don't use prayer lists all the time. I use them sometimes. And so don't get so caught up on a prayer list that 
you feel like you can't pray unless you've got, you know, everything written down because sometimes God wants to inspire you at the moment. Now, I'm going to tell you, though, there's a real balance in that. You need a list at times, and then you need spontaneous, being open to the Holy Spirit kind of praying. That's very important. But regardless of that, you need to have a heart, put your heart in prayer and have passion about prayer. I don't know about you, but I can have passion when I pray. When I realize that God said, whatever I ask the Father in the name of Jesus, He'll give it to me. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you. I believe that. And I've seen it. I've experienced it many times. And so nobody's going to talk me out of it. Nobody's going to pull the passion from my heart. See, trials and tribulation and persecution, all those things will try to rob that passion from your life, try to wear you down. You remember reading uh, in the Bible, and uh, it, it talks about in the last days that the enemy, the devil himself, will wear out the saints of God. And do you know how the wearing out process goes? If you, if you study the word for wearing out, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, and a little bit there, and before you know it, all your heart, your passion, your fervency for the Lord, and having a, 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 a fellowship time with Him, it's just, just gone. Now, not saying that you can't do something about that, but you've got to realize it before you can. If you, if you don't pay attention and you don't acknowledge it and you just keep going like that, well, pretty soon, you know, it won't only be prayer that goes. It'll be the Word that goes. It'll be going to church that goes. I mean, there'll be all kinds of things attached to that. So we're to have be fervent in prayer. Amen? And then the Bible says this kind of prayer... Uh, that comes from a righteous man in the Amplified, it makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. It makes tremendous power. In other words, there's like an energy. When you pray, there's a spiritual energy that is generated. Think about that. And it makes tremendous, not a little bit of power, but tremendous power available that's dynamic. It's like dynamite. It'll just blow things out of the way. Amen? You know, and I started thinking about, you know, in that scripture, James uh, um, 5, that we're talking from here, and I started thinking about Elijah. Did you, do you think that Elijah became what he is one day, just God snapped his fingers and Elijah was this great prophet of God. No, he had to grow. He had to experience things. He had to walk with God. He had to hear God. And then he had to do what God said. And, and it was a growing process. And see, that's the way it is in our life. Even in your prayer life, it's a growing process. You start one place and then you grow. You see, Elijah, he had to grow in knowledge, wisdom, confidence, because God would give him a word. 
And then, you know, he would obey and he would see that God used him. He would see that God was faithful. And then he would continue on obeying the Lord, walking with the Lord. And before you know it, he's this great prophet of God. But it didn't happen overnight. And it won't happen to us overnight either. There's a growth process. So we need to be passionate about the Lord, about His work, seeking Him and His will upon the earth in our lives and in the circumstances of life. And we seek Him through prayer. Can you say amen? All right, the third thing, remember these are prayer tips, just things that I've written down here that have been on my heart. And we need to pray out loud. I remember when I first started, um, you know, understanding about praise and worship and singing unto the Lord and, um, uh, you know, being filled with the Holy Spirit and all the exciting things that were in the Word of God. And I just, you know, it made me just want to get loud. Now, I'm not talking about loud. You know, people can get loud and it can be obnoxious. That's not what I'm talking about. And I'm not talking about being out of order. Uh, you know, because you can be out of order. You know you can be. Is anybody, am I connecting with anybody here tonight? I think just people are just looking at me. I don't know. I know you're looking at me, but in wrong ways. <laughs> you know. But, but anyway, during that period of time when I was learning all these things and growing in this, uh, you know, pro this was probably mid-70s. And, and I, I remember I would have friends and I would have people and, that were around me and, and it was like, well, you don't need to, you don't have to pray out loud. You don't have to worship out loud. And it's like, you don't. You know, and then I read the Bible and I began to see, I began to read in the book of Psalms and I began to see that's not true at all. That's not true at all. Now, you don't have to shout your head off. But praying out loud is good because you're having a conversation with the Father. Worshiping God out loud is good and it's proper. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. You know, I, I praise Him when I'm alone with Him and I praise Him when we come collectively together. And I'm not ashamed to pray out loud. Now, when I, uh, uh, some people just get nervous though when, when you pray out loud. They just start getting nervous. God doesn't get nervous. It doesn't bother Him that we pray out loud. So that's my tip for you. Pray out loud. You remember uh, in the book of Acts and you remember when they were being persecuted and the enemy was coming against them and they were being threatened. Don't pray in the name of Jesus. Don't speak in the name of Jesus. Trying to just push it down. And what did they do? The Bible said they just lifted up their voice right in the middle of all of that and began to pray. They lifted up their voice and they prayed. And so pray out loud. Now, I would really encourage you not to do that at midnight when your family is in bed. 
I'm not talking, I mean, you can pray out loud, but don't, don't get too loud. You understand? Why would I have to say something like that? I might have heard a thing or two. I don't know. But in our zeal and enthusiasm, you understand. So, you know, we've got that tip. And then the last one that I'm going to talk about tonight is we need to pray with authority. Use your authority in prayer. You remember Matthew 28, 18? Jesus was going to ascend to heaven. And he said, all power, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now that's an interesting statement. And I think we could all see that, that Jesus defeated the enemy He got the power. He got the victory. But he didn't just leave it there. Listen to what he said. Go ye, or you could say, because I have this power, I have this authority in heaven and in the earth. He said, you go, therefore. Now, this is very important. You go, therefore. What is he doing in Matthew 28, 18? You know what he's doing? He is sharing the authority with you. You are a king and you are a priest under your God. Jesus has all power and all authority. But he said, I want to share it with you because now I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to depart. I'm going to leave you here upon the earth to subdue this earth and to take authority in the earth. And you're going to use my name when you do it. And so when you go into prayer and you go before God, you need to know and you need to realize, now you're not using your authority against God, but you're using the authority that God has given to you to help you pray through and stand against the wiles of the enemy and against what the enemy wants to do in the earth. You take your stand. Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I see what demonic powers are doing to this nation. I see how they're taking our children and they're getting them addicted to drugs. I see where the immorality is taking over on every side. And I stand for righteousness. I stand for you. And I pray, Father, that you would arise and shine through your people in this day and in this hour. That's taking your authority. And that's one way. There can be all kinds of situations that you might be in, but you don't go in groveling. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Now, I'm going to tell you, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Is that right? Is that what the Bible says? But I'm going to tell you, if you walk and practice sin in your life, you have no authority. We got, we got mistaken, I mean, error in the body. And I keep hearing it. I hear it. But I'm going to, when I can speak out on it, I'm going to. Greasy grace is not what God planned for the church. We're to live holy and righteous before the Lord. 
That's what he's called us to do. You, you read in the Bible, in, in the book of Revelations, and you read about the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. You read about that and you will see that those people believed that you just live any old way you want to. God will forgive you and there's no, um, you know, nothing going to happen for sin being in your life. It doesn't stop you from, you know, living your life for the Lord. It, it will stop. The Bible talks about somebody who practice sin. Practice. That practices sin. That means it's habitual. That means it's not a sin where you stumble and you mess up and then you confess it and get it out of your life. But it's every, well, God will forgive me. God will forgive me. God will forgive me. God is a forgiving God. And I don't mean to paint any picture at all of God not being forgiven, but He's the one who said, if you read Him First John, you push that issue, you don't even belong to Him. If you can live that way, you live in wrong ways, whatever that means, and Lord in our society, and it doesn't need to be found in the church. So don't fall for the greasy grace doctrine of the Nicolaitans because God said it's an abomination. So we live right. We can't be perfect. None of us are. You know, we make mistakes. We mess up. We sin. But we get it right and we get up again, and we keep serving God, and we keep walking in the authority that He's given us. See, because you sin doesn't mean that you lose your authority. But now if you, if you walk and habitually sin, you have no authority. So you can act like it, but it's not there. You remember Samson? He didn't even know that the anointing had gone from him and tried to do things, and he couldn't do it. See, we don't want to be found in that, do we? That's a, that's a scary place to me. And Lord knows I'm, I'm certainly not perfect. And I don't condemn people, and I don't do that kind of thing, but I love people, and so I tell them the truth. I love people, so I tell them the truth. Love rejoices when right and truth prevails. Now, you don't tell people things. You don't share things with them as a pastor. You know, we don't have a right to go around speaking into everybody's life, but as a pastor, you know, people come to you and they want to hear. You got to speak the truth. You can't tell lies. You can't do it. But if they want to have authority and the power of God operating in their life, then if you live the way that you're supposed to live before the Lord, you can have that. Amen? Now, we gain greater faith from God's Word by knowing His Word because His Word is His will. Think about this. This scripture in this book that I have before me tonight, this is the last will and testament. How many of you have ever, uh, you know, been in someone's will and you've received from that will? That was, that was what the person that passed on left for you and that was their will, that you have certain things, that was their will, that things 
be um, imparted to you and given to you, both uh, things uh, that are financial, uh, you know, special things, into your life something that was uh, significant to them, even it, it might have not been monetary, but it was special to them, and those things are given, and they are granted to the people that they love. Well, see, God's no different. He has a last will. And I'm telling you, if I'm in the will, I want to know what I'm getting. Well, you're just selfish. No, I'm just smart. I want to know what's in the will. <laughs> and my Father has given me a will. And I tell you, I am doing my best to find out what that is. Aren't you? Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.